0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. This is Episode 82, and we are in our Advent series.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, this week we're going to be talking about the part in the meta narrative of Scripture called the fall. Dun dun dun. dun. Every time. Yeah, last week
0: um, we talked about creation and how Jesus was. The sun was present in creation and um, how all of scripture is he's active and living in a part of the whole story of scripture. He doesn't he's not just born at Christmas out of nowhere. Right. 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 Which I think um, a lot of us were not aware of that not too long ago. So right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to get all on the same page with that. And today we're going to talk about the fall. But let's start with a fun question. Fun Christmas
1: question. What is your favorite Christmas city? Well, first of all, CDs are like non-existent Okay, what do you now. call them now? What is your favorite album? A record. Album? Record? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Because I'm like, it's not a record records either. Record's even older than but CD. But being married to this guy that's all about the music world these days, <laughs> like, they call them records. Okay. I, mean, I think you can also call it an album, um, but I say CD all the time, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess you're not really making Dating CDs. Dating myself? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was a CD when we listened to it. It was. So, so true. Um, unless you stole it off of Napster, but that's we won't true. talk about that. <laughs> um, so, my first thought was In Sync because ah, every yeah. time I listen to the In Sync Christmas album, I just get so like nostalgic yeah. and like. How old school. were you, like, when
0: that city was popular? Um, like, like middle like school,
1: high probably school? middle. Yeah, middle school, early high school. Um, so I initially went back to that but my all-time favorite and the one I really like to listen to over and over is the Amy Grant Christmas oh yeah that's a um, good one because we listened to that on tape yeah um, every time we were putting up our Christmas tree yep. and just all throughout the holiday season and so I still listen to that with my girls now and they're kind of like who is this and I'm like she's a classic that's my mother-in-law's Amy favorite Grant. one too yeah would always listen to it yeah it's a house. good one what about you um, Raya Carey. <laughs> Duh. Oh, yeah. My, that's my girl's <laughs> favorite. That's my girl's favorite.
0: Um, I, I love Mariah Carey, I always will and always have. But then also Celine Dion, which, oh, yeah. I mean, can't go wrong with Celine Dion. Yeah. But then I thought of a random one.
1: Well, maybe it's not random, but uh, the Rebecca St. James. Do you remember Rebecca St. James? Oh, yeah. I went to a concert. She okay. had a concert in Greenville, of all places, that's when random. I was like third grade yeah and so i loved her but i don't know that i listened to her christmas cd i think it's because
0: it was the same thing like we'd always have it playing when we yeah. were that or kenny g but i'm not gonna All put kenny memories. g as my favorite so um yeah <laughs> as we would decorate we would listen to that and so it just reminds me of being a kid which is so interesting how linked music is to memory it's crazy that's music a whole other thing just yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah memories music is one of my favorite parts of Christmas so are you one of those people like are you listening to Christmas music so we're recording this in early November are you listening to Christmas music right now or do you wait until after Thanksgiving I don't have any rules to play it fast and loose I (laughs) I mean I told
0: Taylor we're setting up for Christmas this weekend mostly because I'm like I don't want to have to do it after the baby comes that's probably a really good idea and I just like I want to soak it up more and I don't think you're cheating Thanksgiving just because you set up for Christmas you can celebrate more than one thing at
1: the same time Yeah. Yeah. I'ma wait till after Thanksgiving because I I just I don't You're know. You're a rule follower. I'm a rule follower and I don't know. I just feel like I'm least likely to like get tired of it by oh, okay. by Christmas yeah. if I just have it for a short period of time. Yeah. And it just makes it more special. But we're actually gonna talk about that a little bit um, here in a little bit on the podcast. But yeah, so Christmas music. Great thing. Love (laughs) Christmas music. (laughs) By the time you listen to this, you've probably been listening to it for several weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what is the fall? Not the season we're in now, (laughs) but like the fall of man, original sin.
0: Oh, that's a a big, big question. I mean, we talked about (laughs) this quite a bit back in our Genesis series, but um, I think to kind of summarize it as as quickly as possible, we can look to Genesis chapter three and we see how. Adam and Eve were leave living in the garden and, you know, we saw last week how God created things and, and everything was good and God was able to dwell with his people. And then they made this decision to not trust God. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically at its root, that's what the decision was and that they wanted to try to um, to be God themselves. And so we see that through Adam and Eve and how they made the decision to eat the fruit that God
1: told them not to. And that's where it all began. Yeah. So something that always sticks out in my mind about the fall is that they weren't content. Eve wasn't content just being like God. I mean, she was made in God's image and she was being like him. But when the serpent came and said, hey, like you can have all the knowledge that God has. She was like, oh, wait, like I can just not only be like God, but I can be God myself. I can have his knowledge. I can be him. And I, I think that's so relevant to us today because our desire for omniscience to be all, all-knowing is such a struggle like because we have everything at our fingertips and so I heard Jen Wilkin talk about this one time she was like you know with Google and just the access that we have to knowledge so many times we're trying to be God we're trying to play God we will never be omniscient like that's one of his characteristics that's like incommunicable Mm -hmm. like we we will never have that but we try and try and try and we can't be content just being image bearers we want to be God ourselves, and we see this struggle all the way back to Eve and so I think that that's kind of a lesson we can take from the fall is that like we will never be all knowing and that's okay. Right. We don't want to be all knowing. Like that's too much pressure. I don't. You don't want to know everything. No. You think you do, but you don't really. Right. So yeah, yeah. we're
0: we're created to reflect God, not to rival Him. Not right. To that's be what she him. says. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think i mentioned this book on here before, but it's called The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross, and it's really helpful seeing this whole meta narrative of Scripture. It's it's a kid's book, but it. It's really helpful to me. So I'm just going to read the pages that that take us in this transition from creation to fall because it puts it really well. It says, in the garden, everything was wonderful. The world was full of laughing and playing and smiling and fun. There was nothing bad ever. There was no one sad ever. And best of all, God was there. He made it all. He was in charge of it all. He loved it all. People could see God and speak to God and just enjoy being with God. It was wonderful to live with God. But then one day... People did a terrible thing. They decided they didn't want to do what God said. They decided they wanted a world without God in charge. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the same point that you're making. Yeah. Is we want a world where we're in charge, mm-hmm. right? Where we're like, no, I, I might listen to you, God, but ultimately I'm in charge and I'm going to decide and I'm mm-hmm. going to be the one who is God o- and Lord over my own life. Right. And right. That, um, that plays into all of the rest of scripture. I mean, if we're talking about you know this meta narrative creation was the first two chapters and then fall covers most of the bible yeah. i mean it covers the rest of the old testament which is most of the bible in yes, talking yes. about you know what the world is like and living under this state of the fall
1: mhm yeah and like your question i mean you were saying that we want to be in control, but do we really No. Like I think about how much stress that causes. Like some of my most stressful days is when I feel like I have to be in control of everything. Like everybody's looking to me for all the decisions Mm -hmm. and, and to take care of everything. And Mm -hmm. I, when I'm in charge of everything, like those are my most stressful days. So if I try to be in charge of my life, I think about how much stress that brings. And so if I would just give that all over to God and just live in the truth that, he really is sovereign and he really is control, how much stress would that take off of me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we could breathe so much easier if we just lived in that truth. Right, right. So yeah. um, I guess the question is, well, there's some, there's some scripture that we can look at for this, right? So we see in um, Genesis 3, it's Genesis 3.15 really, but I'm going to start in Genesis 3.14. And this is called the Proto-Evangelium. Did I say that right? I always question whether I say that I, right. I think it's evangelium. Proto Progen- evangelium. Proto-evangelium. There you go. The emphasis matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and that's basically, that's a long word for the first time we see the gospel. Yeah. Like, this is the yeah. first gospel in the Bible, and I didn't realize until not long ago that you see it all the way yeah, back yeah. in Genesis three. So it says the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this cursed, are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field on your belly? You shall go and dust. You shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So he shall bruise your head. So that's pointing us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we see here that even in Genesis three, we're being pointed to the story of Christmas. Yeah,
0: which I think is really neat and probably a point that a lot of us haven't really come to that conclusion on our own before is that, you know, we see this fall happen and yes, we're, they're still living under the fall for all that time in a lot of scripture and, uh, you know, Moses and Abraham and all of these people are still living in the fall and Noah and all of that, but. Immediately after the fall happens, God is there and He is proclaiming hope and truth mm-hmm. and pointing towards a coming Savior and a Redeemer. That you know, now they're kind of in this advent. Like we talked about, Advent is like this waiting. waiting period, mm-hmm. this longing, yeah. and that starts immediately, immediately after the fall. God is mm-hmm. so faithful to meet them right in that moment. And like, how kind of God that He didn't leave them. In that, um, I mean, they're still in sin and in brokenness, but he doesn't leave them without hope. He immediately eats them. Yeah, yeah, and points towards Jesus. And we see, like we're talking about when we, what else in Scripture is under this fall. We see that all of this Scripture is pointing towards Jesus, pointing mm. towards that Redeemer coming. And all of that um, brokenness and the fallen and the sin and the complaining and the grumbling. And all of that takes place during the fall, but there's always hope and God is always there and always pointing them. No, there is a redeemer coming. So one of the things that um, we need to make sure we note about the fall is that it didn't just affect Adam and Eve. Like they were the ones who first committed that sin, but um, everyone after them was then born into sin. Mm -hmm. And there's a page in that same book that I'm going to read real fast. It says now things were sometimes bad and sometimes Mm -hmm. sad and people still kept sinning because they didn't want God to be in charge. So no one could come into God's wonderful place. God had said, because of your sin, you can't come in. And so we just want to make sure, like, when we're thinking about the fall, we're not just thinking about that one instance right, right. that happened in the garden. Like, it is a continuation, and if you continue to read your Bible, you'll see how true that is, right? We go mm-hmm. uh, Cain and Abel, just all the way down the line, all the way through Scripture, we see how the um, the fall has affected Um, everybody then and everybody now. And so one way that um, this is referred to is original sin, like Casey had mentioned. And I think Sproul does a good job of explaining this. He says, original sin refers to the result of the first sin, the corruption of the human race. Original sin refers to the fallen condition in which we are born. So we're born in sin. And we see this in scripture. And it's a good reminder for us that we're not sinners because we sin but we sin because we are sinners. Right, right. Which is like a little shift in understanding, but it makes a big difference, and we see that in Psalms 50, excuse me, 51, where it says, um, this is David, and he was talking about how surely I was sinful at birth, Um, and even talks about, like, when he was conceived, he was in sin, and um, I think just knowing this and knowing the fallen condition of everybody in the Old Testament and even us now, like, really does point to Christmas, and we'll talk about that more, but um, we... We have to accept first the fact that the fall happened yeah. before we can see the beauty of redemption. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we also see in Romans 3, um, 9 through 11, it says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. My girls memorized that verse with um, catechism at the uh-huh. first of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's just an important thing to remember. Like, no one is righteous. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also in Romans five twelve, Therefore, just as Sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And we'll see. We'll talk about that verse again next week because
0: it goes on to talk mm-hmm. about how Jesus is the Redeemer, which yep. is awesome. Yep. We'll tie it all together.
1: Once again, God doesn't leave us hanging with sin. Yes, he, yes. he has an answer for that. Yeah. So we see
0: um, as we're walking through the meta narrative of scripture, what, what happens. Um, I don't want to say like immediately next, but what happens in like big picture is that we're led to the law Mm -hmm. which um was put in place we know to to point ultimately to jesus Jesus. and to reveal our fallenness by not being able to abide by the law and pointing to our need for a savior um and we'll talk about this more again next week because we see that jesus comes to fulfill the law but i think reminding ourselves that the law does have a part in scripture yes and and how that plays out and we know that it wasn't just fallen chaos everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like God did put something in place to kind of help them while they're waiting for the redeemer to come.
1: Well, and I hear all the time people are like, Oh, that doesn't matter. The law doesn't matter because Jesus, Jesus is here. It's been fulfilled. You don't need to worry about that. No, we're not trying to um, live by that law anymore by any means, but it does matter. Yeah. Like there is a purpose for it and we don't just want to ignore all of Leviticus because <laughs> the law doesn't matter anymore. I know. <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> but I mean, like there's there's a yes, purpose. Yes, it's in absolutely. the Bible for a reason. And yes. so I think that's a good reminder that even that, like, no, we don't have to keep that, but that still points us to Jesus. Right. right. So what does... Christmas mean for the fall like when we think of piecing these two together the question is like how how does this go together and for me Aaron already mentioned this word but I think of hope like when I read Genesis 3 and even when I look around our world today like our world is so broken and you just see depravity like everywhere um we don't have to see the effects of sin without hope like we know the story of Jesus we know that he came but as I was thinking this through I was like yeah we have hope because we know about Jesus and we we know the story and we know that he came and then he died on the cross and all of these things but It's like Aaron was saying, like even Adam and Eve had hope, Mm -hmm. like our perspective is different because we're on this side of redemption and we're on this side of his birth, death and resurrection. But even God even gave Adam and Eve hope by pointing them to Christmas. So I think when we think about Christmas, like I think we hear the word hope tied to Christmas a lot, but. How does that really play out? Like, what does that really mean? And the reason we have hope, we have to think about the fall before we understand why we have hope Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of um, the big tie that I think of in my head of, like, what does Christmas mean for the fall or what does the fall mean for Christmas? Um, Did you have any thoughts on that? Um, No, I think that's I think that's exactly
0: what we can take away from this with the fall is we, we weren't just left in that fall state, like God gave us hope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how does our understanding of the fall bring more meaning to Christmas?
0: So I think this is where I've been like really enjoying studying and learning about all of this because we don't usually want to talk about the fall. <laughs> like we're like, let's talk Especially about Jesus. At Christmas. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. your natural um, no. thing that you think about when you think about Jesus. But no. I was listening to a sermon by Don Carson and he was talking about how if we don't understand the fall, then we won't understand the Bible or the gospel because if we don't understand the problem then we can't understand the solution exactly and so yeah. if we're not first aware of the fact that we needed a redeemer to come or the fact that we were even in a fallen state or if we weren't aware of the fact that there is hope then we the solution like when Jesus comes and and we'll talk about that more next week but it it won't be you know it won't have the same weight. So if we're just like, Oh, there's kind of some stuff. God created the world. And then Jesus came. It's like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, why did Jesus have to come? come? Why wouldn't he have stayed in heaven? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it just like allows us to really focus on the on what is happening at Christmas. Like Jesus is coming. Yeah. He's born as a baby and all of this. And, And you might automatically more think of Easter when you think of, like, redemption time. But, like, he had to be born, obviously. So And so when we think about Jesus' birth, we're like, oh, we understand, like, why this is such a big deal Mm -hmm. and what he really is accomplishing. Like, he wasn't just born and lived a perfect life. Like, he was planned from the beginning of the world that he was going to come and die for our sins and atone for us. And that that has so much more meaning than just... Oh, he was born at Christmas time. Yeah, Does
1: that make sense? Absolutely. And we talked about this a little bit before, but the idea that Jesus had to come for me, Mm. like not just those really, really bad people that do really bad things. Like I am those people. Like I am one of those people. He had to come for me and my sin. And so thinking about that, like that just makes Christmas so much more personal Yeah, too. Like thinking about, he came and he was born as a baby and we'll talk about that a little. I mean, we keep saying we're going to talk about this more <laughs> next week because we're going to talk about the redemption piece next week. But the reason he had to come as a human was because of me mm-hmm. and my sin, not, Just the sin of Adam and Eve, not just the sin of everybody in the Old Testament or everybody in the early 1900s or whatever you want to think about. Like he came because of my sin. Uh And so that just makes it so much more meaningful when I think of it that way. Yeah, that's good. So basically, to sum
0: it all up. The fall is a necessary part of our understanding of Christmas.
1: Even if we don't want to think about it. Yeah. But there's hope. Like, yeah. we don't have to sit in the sadness and the guilt That's of a really the fall. good point. That's a good point because I think we either
0: go two ways, right? We, like, just don't think about our sinfulness or the sin, you know, the story of the fall in the Bible, or we dwell on it so much that we're unable to then look at Christmas yeah. because mm-hmm. we're like, oh everything is broken. Everything is fallen. And so deserve this. Yeah. And so that's a really good point of maybe that's something you can kind of pray through this next week of how, how Lord do I, you know, give enough attention in time in prayer to the fall, but then still remember that like, ultimately I should be joyful because of what comes next.
1: Yes. So join us next week as we talk about how, um, redemption plays into Christmas.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free
1: to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Pops.